Welcome to Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and how to act in a courteous and refined manner, but much less about that. Here's your hosts, Neil and Chris. Hello and welcome to episode nine, I think it's nine, of... A Bane Legends. Did get uh, that one for 10, Chris? Pardon? Did get that one for 10? You have to top it now. Yeah. Uh, no, I can. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to get right Cisco to do a cameo and sing a, a Bane Legends like that or something. <laughs> uh, so I am... looking for the work, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I am uh, 40 a day man, Chris Flynn, and with me is a man who's very famous in uh, Eastern Europe because he is the face on all the advertising of a particular bar of soap. It is my good friend, Neil Herbert. How are you doing, Neil? Very well, very well. Soap sales are through the roof. Yeah, how are the adverts going? Are you able to walk in the streets of... um, split these days without without getting stopped all the time i'm the second most popular tourist attraction attraction behind the um, game of thrones castle oh really that's nice and <laughs> you can combine the two of course yeah have you um have yeah. you been speaking... up a dragon <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so um yeah how long have you been doing that now it's been a while hasn't it it's since you were a baby i think yeah i, I mean some rather cruel people say i was a lot cuter when i was three I, I I feel I've kept my babyish complexion. I think it's, so. I mean, it, it's it's less of a public demand and more of a contract situation where it was a very strange of, contract, wasn't it? They, yeah, they didn't they didn't really look into what they were signing, and it's kind of like just a lifetime appearance fee. It's like a really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to eke it out until until you, you know. don't want to do it. They don't want you to do it, but the contract's there. It's like a really loveless yeah. kind of marriage situation. <laughs> You know, you sign a man's word is his bond. Once you sign that but bit of paper, and you got to, you know, it may have been three years old at the time. <laughs> how many? Um, do, do. How many points do you get on the? Well, it's not the euro. I'm not sure. A really small discount on the soap itself. <laughs> that, that's it. Not very good. Not very. No, it's not very good soap. But you're over there six months a year filming, <laughs> doing photo shoots. <laughs> you make your commitment. You got to get on with it. Oh, fair enough. Well, that's good. Uh, yes, so welcome to Urban Legends, or Urbane Legends, the podcast which has a little nosy into urban legends, and we have a little discussion about that. But mainly it's about etiquette, uh, as I'm sure you're aware if you've listened to any previous episodes. Well, I've actually gone away and I've done a bit of research myself on this, Chris. So you, you, you've accused me of eating like a chimp, I believe. <laughs> well, it's not, to, to be fair, it's not just me who's accused you of that. I've seen the way that you eat a banana, and I was really, you know, I was erotically right. Right. Well, that's it, it was no flake advert in my opinion, but you may disagree. <laughs> I do I do disagree? Yeah. So no, no, no. It was more. It was a lot more messy. Yeah, skin everywhere. Um, Banana. No, so I've been I've been rifling through my copy of Tibet that obviously I've bought because you know you want to make sure you sort of keep up to these things. I thought I thought I'd have another standard I compared to the advice that you've Good. been giving me, and I, and I found you your uh, your your way of that you taught me of eating bananas. It's just it's simply not fit for the quick table. I don't know. I don't know what you... Right. Um... So, so 
how would you how would you approach the eating of a banana at a dinner table, Chris? Uh, at the Queen's dinner table. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I guess I would uh, have presumably it, it would come on some kind of silver platter, um, and I would um, slowly peel it while staring directly into the Queen's eyes, uh, and then I would down it in one. Without even chewing, would that be correct? Horrific! <laughs> you made a you made a complete faux pas. Really? The, the ambassador is shocked. His monocle has fallen out of his eye and gone into the tray of Ferrero Rocher, spilling them all over the table. I think the Queen could afford something better. I mean, the Queen just the Queen looks unaffected. She's got a usual yeah. sort of you know poker face on, but you can tell she's fuming inside. You've let, you've let the country down. Me off the New Year's honours lists for um, yeah. for services to urban legends. That knighthood is is now out of the question. I would have. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's a shame. I was looking forward to that. Neil. Well, then how how would you how would you do it? Or you know, you reckon you're all that the, 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 in the properly sanctioned manner? Again, by you know, go and read the Brits who disagree. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to pick up a knife. Right. And you make vertical slices that, through the skin to make sure no one takes the banana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you defend. You know, you, if you're becoming a, a knight of the realm, then obviously you've got, you've got to show you can you can defend, defend the food. banana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can't defend the banana. How are you going to defend the queen? <laughs> queen behind me, right? So you get a knife, lost, sir. <laughs> you can cut it in vertical strips, and then what you do, you cut off both of the ends of the banana, and then cut it into about a third of an inch little pieces of banana, and then either with a fork or with your hands. So... It sounds like quite a rigmarole, I'll be honest with you, but... So, so you slice it down. Yeah, slice, so, slice, so slice. I, open it all up, yeah. as unerotically as you possibly can, cut off the two impossible. ends... Impossible. Just... <laughs> um... In my case, impossible. <laughs> Why have you uh, looped up that knife? <laughs> Why are you only wearing a tank top? <laughs> and then, this is supposed to be a white tie dinner, Why? <laughs> Why have you only got a white tie on? Um, Chaps. <laughs> yeah. I've just come from cowboying of sorts. Um, so slice it down, then... So then cut it into small pieces. Cut the ends off. you then eat one at a time. Yeah, cut the ends off for some reason. Right, and cut then the you, ends then off. And then you cut it into small slices, which you eat oh, okay. a bit um, at a time. But you could do it with your hands. You're not chewing it like some hayseed. <laughs> you can, once you cut it with the knife, if you do not have a fork, if a fork is available... You should use the fork. If the fork is not available, then you'll be using your hands. Well, which one of which one of the forks is the banana fork? Would it just would you just use the dessert fork? I'm sure it's a... going to be. I'm sure it's going to be the the, um, the 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 outside fork on the table because it's the banana course apparently. The banana course. Although don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't, Wait, confuse, the banana don't confuse the banana fork with the grape scissors, which I also found out about. <laughs> Did you know this? Did you think it? No, seriously. Great. No. So you don't just pick. Grapes off of the bunch, Chris. This is a two for one. Another fruit based etiquette two for. Yeah. So you don't you don't you don't just pick grapes off the bunch. What, just like a chimp? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what you do you're <laughs> like you're fresh off the turnip wagon. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> absolute scum. <laughs> the baron just comes and slaps you around the face. <laughs> Get all those grapes. He beats you until you're both crying. <laughs> <laughs> You, you should you should either with your with your hands or with a pair of grape scissors, sort of a small bunch to put on your plate and to eat. And then how do you remove? The, presumably, there's a way of 
Oh, right. So I understand that. So, yeah, that I understand, rather than just sort of grabbing fistful of grapes from the from the central grape reserve. Just spooning them into your mouth. I mean, surely that's the apparent. <laughs> I was mortified. You don't even take the grapes off the stems. Yeah, no, just <laughs> shove it all into my mouth and eat it like it's a huge apple. No wonder the vicar was um, mortified. So I can understand that. You, you, you cut off like a little... Bunch of I was yourself. just extremely amused that there's such a thing as grape scissors. Could they double up as something else? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, a, to a man with the right training, any, 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 anything's a deadly weapon. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone tries to get in your grapes. Um, oh, okay, so they're grape scissors. But then after that, then yeah, you yeah. just eat them as normal. You you, but you're, you're effectively, and... you cut a small bit off, and then I don't know whether they were passing this bunch of grapes around the table or... They're a centerpiece or something. I'm assuming yeah. it's kind of a self-serve buffet kind it's of situation. A, it's one of the weird quirks. They pass it round in the bowler hat, so that you have to pass it to the left when, and then then the port comes round. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I'm surprised that they're using their. Well, a, I'm surprised that the grapes haven't been peeled, because that's something I think of as quite um, quite hoity-toity. Rough, people having grape peeled peel. grapes. Oh, the skin's a little bitter. Um, so people mm. do peel grapes, don't they? So I'm surprised that they don't do that at the Royal I would imagine for like a dessert or something, they probably do. But I guess if you're just eating like a bunch of grapes. Weirdly enough, didn't say what you do with the seeds. Times have, times have been tough at the palace recently. <laughs> just been down Lidl and got a, got a couple of pounds of red grapes. Got a bunch of, bunch of grapes and a box of wine. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's really handy. Um, for next time, I'd uh, be invited to my Queen's Palace. I shall no longer make a fool of myself when eating the delights of the banana herb and the, uh, the, 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 vine. the vine. Yeah, or, or, or anyone who might be listening. You know, you'll know you might be, might have a you know might be going to a garden party. All sorts get invited to those. I've said during what I'm going to call a, a very soft launch of this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to be targeting uh, people who I've um, I've actually managed to. I'm just going to. I'm just going to say acquire uh, a lot of um, email addresses from people who read Tatler. So I'm going to be pretty much exclusively targeting them to start with so this could be useful couldn't it definitely I, I imagine it would be similar if you were hanging around with you know viscount chelmdoms lee the third or whatever they want to talk about his horse racing syndicate you know you yeah. don't want a banana faux pas happening there no absolutely not or if you're trying to get i'm screaming about poor people <laughs> if you're trying to if you're trying to get yourself a sweet mercenary contract with mark thatcher or something <laughs> to take over an african country <laughs> you know He's not going to invite you in if you don't know how to eat grapes. If you don't have your own grape scissors. If I can't trust you... <laughs> Slaring, staring slack mouth at a pair of grape scissors, wondering what they're for. <laughs> or doing your nails with them or something. Oh, yeah. can you I can't trust you with, with grape scissors. How can I trust you with an AK-47? I'll tell you what, Flynn, you're a good hand with those grape scissors. <laughs> That's the man like I could, Yeah, I could use a man like you as a sapper. <laughs> a bit rough around the edges, but I believe there's some material here we can work with. Uh, Irish, tremendous fighters, not 
not the brightest of people, but terrible drinkers. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I've decided uh, to do a military coup in Namibia. Right, why is that? I don't know. I've heard they've got one tremendous resources. Is this, is this something Mark Thatcher does? I'm not. I'm not too up on this. Oh, he um, he was involved in a military in, in trying to overthrow an African government. Yeah. Good lord. Did you not know about that? I I vaguely recall something in the papers, but I, yeah, I can't remember the details. That that is not an urban legend. That is that is on the record for anyone who'd like to check it out. Good lads. Yeah. Or, or not swashbuckling. Absolutely not. So, uh, without further ado, I am going to do a little. Uh, I get. I guess. A, I guess a warning, but it's not really a warning. So, I'm just going to explain what today's episode's about, because um, it's about a uh, park in Alabama called Maple Hill Playground. Now, on some of the internet, it's called Dead Children's Playground. And what I just want to say uh, up front, because I know some people are quite sensitive about kids um, for whatever reason, and I also know that some people struggle to differentiate between something that's actually happened and something that's a made-up story. Uh, This isn't about... This is just... It's an urban legend. It's about haunted grave uh, playgrounds. So, you know... Don't be scared that there's going to be horrific acts and that kind of business. Do you think that's fair for me to say, Neil? I think so. Yep, it's a bona fide urban legend. So why don't we why don't we see what's going on? So you know, don't be writing to your MPs. Give it a listen. It's probably all right. Although we haven't said any of anything yet, so I don't know that or, until we. Or do write to your MPs, but probably about something more worth writing to them about. I, I could think of probably food banks. Yeah, quite a few off the top of my head. <laughs> Shall I shall I start with this one, Neil? Absolutely, yeah. So, here we go. I'm going to read this bit off a website called buzznicked.com. And the title of it is, This place is called the Dead Children's Playground, and it's hidden inside Alabama's largest cemetery. And it's by Dan, Dan Edmonds from two months ago. So, oh, well, recent. Very recent. So... If this isn't one of the creepier things you'll read today, then you must live a pretty scary life in general. Oh, good old yep. Dan. You know it, Dan. Yeah, poor Dan. <laughs> it's that kind you of... made a bold challenge there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. You don't go making assumptions. Yeah, but you've got literally no idea, Dan. <laughs> one horror after another here. In the town of Huntsville, Alabama, there is a cemetery called Maple Hill Cemetery. In this cemetery, there's a children's playground. If you don't know where to find it, that is. Hidden in the corner of the property is a place officially named Drost Park, or known to the locals as Dead Children's Playground. The story behind this park is pretty freaking creepy. Supposedly, the souls of the children are abundant in this place and paranormal activity is extremely common. Take a look at the image of this place. Well, you can't do that unless you look it up. Uh, and see as if if you're as creeped out as I was. This is Maple Hill Cemetery. It looks like a pretty normal cemetery from the picture, headstones all neatly laid out in rows. It's actually the oldest cemetery in Alabama, being founded in 1822. It's also the largest cemetery in the state, encompassing over 100 acres of land. I don't know how big an acre is. Oh, you got me there. Do you? 
no, no real idea. Why can't they do it something we know, like football pitches? Well, they always do do that with land, don't they? So, yeah. I, I love how we get an opportunity to express our ignorance every week. Right, acre in... Yeah, but we're not farmers. It's like hectares. I don't know what that... Well, I'm not, I know it's a unit of measurement, but I, don't, I can't visualise what a hectare is. It's um, 4,000 square metres an acre. So pretty, pretty sizable. Pretty big. Well, if you know where to go, set deep back in the cemetery as a playground for young children. The official's name, its official name, sorry, is Drost Park, but the locals will refer to it as the Dead Children's Playground. A solid canopy of branches over the new park never allow in much sunlight, so the park always has an eerie feel about it. Three sides of the park are also surrounded by vertical cliff faces. That's good safety. I mean, I mean, the first thing that occurs to me, to be honest with you, is why are we putting a children's playground in a in a in a massive cemetery? Well, because kids. Kids get really bored. Yeah, and, and yeah, okay. So there's the obvious, which is yeah, you come to you know pay your respects, etc. And it's sort of kids are bored of you know, and you've, you've had to bring the kids along, so it's somewhere for them. But I, I it, also, I, I think it's a good provision for the local goth community well, because yeah, because this know. is the, yeah, well, this is the thing you see because because it's a, a playground, a playground and a cemetery are the two places they like to hang out the most. Listen to the, how they just described where it is. Because the thing for me is, okay, I get, yeah, I mean, obviously, great, have some play space for kids. Um, but in a cemetery, and bear in mind, okay, so if you're visiting a grave over the other side of the cemetery, it's not really going to be that mm. convenient, is it? Um, it feels like they're, they're, they're asking for a haunting to me. And, <laughs> asking for a haunting? Yeah, well, surrounded by three cliff faces and a sort of like a place where no light comes in. Spirits can't go through because they get blocked by the cliff faces. And the fact that the cliff faces have cure lyrics written on them as well, which is well known for yeah. stopping spirits, isn't it? Yeah, and look at that massive pentagram scrawled into the cliff wall, clearly by a government agency. I'm not, I'm not saying they're trying to summon demons, but I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> so, as the cemetery expanded, uh, one night the playground equipment was taken off the property by the city, the community felt such an attachment to the area, they quickly demanded that it be declared a protected area. It was declared as such, and new playground equipment was installed immediately. So the community liked oh, it. Fair enough. Yeah, it's obviously a popular local resource. Um, I, I mean, build a park somewhere where the kids can play that isn't in the cemetery would be my... Oh, but fair enough. Well, but don't you think that our, in our society we don't talk about death enough. You think it's a bit like, yeah, it's a bit like with, with European kids who was always growing up, you have a much more mature attitude to alcohol because, you know, they have a little bit of wine with their family when they're having a meal rather than the sort of repressed way we do it over here. Um, and so you think it's a similar thing, they're just trying to, you know, bring a little bit of death into a child's life. And <laughs> <laughs> a little, get, get little a bit sprinkling. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, get a bit of perspective. Yeah. Go and play amongst I the mean, stones. I'd be interested to know if these children who go to this park as they grow up have um, have as many episodes of existential crisis as I do, being someone who didn't hang around in uh, graveyards and on the swings. Be interested to know. Maybe we should let's um, let's speak to our contacts in Alabama and see if we can get. Uh, get some names, <laughs> do, do some psychological tests. Um, so this is where the story takes a turn, though, Neil. So oh, I do love a story taking a turn. You do take a turn for the worst. Okay. This field 
this field is directly to the right of the playground and holds an extremely dark secret. Local legend has it that... Uh, oh, right, so I didn't know about this, but... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but it's a local legend, and there's nothing to back it up. Is it, is it still a secret? Uh, what do you mean? No, no, oh, just about you're reading it on a website. It feels, it feels yeah. not, not a terribly well-kept secret. Well, I doubt it's something that they kind of advertise. Uh, local legend has it that a serial child has it that a serial child murder led a region a reign of a oh, fucking hell. Sorry, mouse gone on holiday. Local legend has it that a serial child murderer led a reign of terror in the town in the forties. He also dumped the bodies in this field, and there were multiple children buried close to the field at the edge of the cemeteries across the road. So this is different to the one which I read earlier. So we'll go into that. In yeah, a I've seen another source attributed for the, uh, the the ghostly shenanigans. Yeah, trails lead away from the fields and into an old man in shaft that the killer is said to have lived in. So he could have been one of the dwarfs, Snow White. That's not the preferred nomenclature these days, Chris. But um, well, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Fair enough. That's the um, film. I'm talking about the cartoon characters, not people who are vertically challenged. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess it could have been... Uh, I was just going to make a, a thing about Disney. Not anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll leave that there. It's said that after dark, the playground is teeming with paranormal activity. People have set up cameras and claim to have captured orbs in still shots that are said to be proof of ghosts roaming the property. They love it, like orbs. That's meant to be proper ghostly stuff isn't it but i don't know about that well i think it's just because you take if you take a whole bunch of photographs you'll get some artifacts on them somewhere so i've seen a picture of some of these orbs and they just kind of look like refracted light or something you know when you get yeah. a bit of light bloom i mean all right it was dark yeah. so maybe that's nothing to do with that but um or um they have a lot of uh fire bugs don't they in america mm. or what do you call them fireflies fireflies that kind of thing yeah, yeah. i mean there's I various different that. luminescent Insects, isn't there? Yeah, right jellyfish. Play. That's one, isn't it? I mean, they're more at sea. Yeah, well, oh, there might be a huge out. pond in this cemetery. I don't know. They've put a children's playground in Have there. Have you not Why seen not? a jellyfish on lands before? I mean, yeah, when they get washed up on the beach, don't they? No, I mean, in, natural like, environment. Going, going about town. I'm oh, going about town. Oh, what you mean, like Jeff? Jeff, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, but he's on. He is unusual. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he's all right. Um, so for, dec- <laughs> for decades, I went locals. No, I didn't know. <laughs> it's a shame. Until we resurrect it sometime. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it back. Keep bringing it back until it's funny. So never. Yeah. Uh, for decades, locals have reported strange phenomenon happening after dark on the playground, such as the sounds of little children's feet running through the park. Uh, dust being kicked up, so kids are running, kids laughing. And swings going back and forth all by themselves when there's absolutely no wind pushing them. But the thing is, because it's got the cliff on three sides, could it be a vortex? Also the vortex. Could be, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could never rule out a vortex, let's face it. Um, you right. know, it, the kids could be sort of like just shadows from a parallel dimension due to the vortex nature. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, so far it's sounding quite Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You know, or serial killer nemesis. I noticed as well that rumours are around that they were... I'm pretty sure if somebody was killing other kids in the 40s, that would have been pretty well documented. Yeah, and there's no documentation. Yeah, I just heard a rumour that 
some guy lived in a cave. And <laughs> Do you know what? If he's living in the local cemetery in a cave, and he's going to, you know... But Alabama was pretty, uh, let's say, kindly. Uh, it was it was very backwards. So maybe they were like, we don't want outsiders. That's not... No, that's Alabama. We don't want outsiders <laughs> coming here getting our job murderers, get our own job murderers. No, they, 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 like they, they go and hunt down the guy in the cave themselves, wouldn't they? I mean, they're... You know, they've never been I had to put this in a way that's not completely insensitive. But well, no, I, you can't. No, just say it. Well, they've they've always they've always you know they, in the forties in Alabama, and I think you know there was there was extrajudicial um, you know censors being carried on outside of the law, weren't they? So it's yes, you know, they weren't. They're not. They weren't very law. Yeah, they, they weren't too bothered. You know, I, I can't imagine that um, if it was you know people's children being killed, they would have had any um, compunction about. Stringing up some madman in a cave, he was doing it. No, I wouldn't have thought so. So, even though the old equipment is gone, the children still seem to enjoy their playtime in the park. This picture seems to show a couple of orbs, it just looks like the back of a car to me. Uh, people have claimed to see also a pair, a pair of different colored eyes in the corner. Yeah, that's a bit, it looks like a car to me. Um, although if it's if that's where the it's surrounded by cliffs. Well, if that is surrounded by cliffs, that is that is odd. But I don't. It doesn't look like different coloured eyes. No, it just looks like a pair of lights. Yeah. Um, most people will try and explain the coloured lights as a reflection of something. However, there's a thirty-foot vertical cliff wall behind where the lights are seen. Some local try and avoid the place at all costs. Many have some scary experiences here and will advise anyone they can to stay away. Other more adventurous people, they were drawn to the mystery that surrounds what was supposed to be an area of peace and tranquility for the children, but turned out to possibly be a great sight for many of them. So that's one interpretation of it. Uh, that's not the one which I'd read, so that probably had more child murdering in it than I... You were necessarily uh, expecting. Well, look, yeah. So the one which I heard the reason it was um let's have a look is it here so is this where um that they thought it was an artifact of uh the the sort of spanish children died during the spanish yeah influenza yeah that's right so um so okay so here's another oh there's a little uh this is from rocketcitymom.com of which i'm a uh, erratic contributor when i'm not banned Come closer, children. I'll tell you a tale of sadness and laughter from beneath the veil. Oh, nice. We love to share park reviews with you, but this one is, well, special. Tucked away behind historic Maple Hill Cemetery, you'll find a depression in a natural alcove nestled at the bottom of a rocky hillside. is a playground. It's not an overly impressive park, but it's pretty in the daylight and surrounded by shady beech trees. There are swings and toddler-sized play equipment, and a covered pavilion with picnic benches, not to mention lots of kids climb some of the rock outcrops and enjoy the elevated view from the top. Sounds quite nice now, doesn't it? Mm. Considering what the other one was saying. Some Huntsville history. In 1811, Huntsville became the first incorporated town in Alabama. The city was enjoying rapid growth thanks to, thanks to the bounty of cotton fields and strategic position along the Memphis and Charleston railroad line. 
becoming the first railway to link the Atlantic seacoast with the lower Mississippi River. Business was booming. Maple Hill Cemetery was founded in 1822, a year that Huntsville was bustling with activity. In 1900-1901, Lincoln Mill Village, the Merrimack Manufacturing Company, Dallas Mill and Low Mill, were all opened. Mill owners actively encouraged the use of children as a prime source of labour. Your nice? children are prime source of labour. Their tiny hands really sand down those logs to a fine shame. They can get their hands in between all the machinery. Uh, and there's an almost endless supply, and they don't eat much. Um, and Huntsville newspapers praised the mills for teaching the kids work ethics. <laughs> That's good. Not like kids today. Uh, hey. How many have you seen going down a logging site? <laughs> Putting in a late hour well, shift cotton, before cotton mill, presumably, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Well, they used to have a lot of uh, cotton mills up in Manchester, didn't they? Yeah, no, there was... I mean, yeah, child labour was, like, massive in them. Um, there was loads of it, yeah, because they could the get underneath revolution. the... They could get underneath the machines to yeah, clean, clean up, up fibres and stuff. Yeah, yeah good times, um, because obviously... Like people who didn't have much money had to basically send their kids to workhouses because they couldn't afford to keep them. So is that called putting them into penury? I guess. Mm, yep. Well, idle Sound hands like make the devil's work, Chris. Absolutely, you and the devil. Why don't you just marry him? In Alabama, almost one make. of every f- <laughs> again. In Alabama, almost one out of every four mill workers was a child. There were lots of accidents involving children. Well, they won't. They should be paying attention, shouldn't they? Oh, so this is a, this is another um, another reason for why we're getting hauntings, is it? Because they had a lot of accidents in the uh, in the local. Seems to be. Seems yeah. Reason whatever. Yeah, seems to be. So in 1918, the Spanish flu killed at least 50 million people worldwide, with over 400 succumbing in the Madison County, September, in Madison County, September of 1918. Many were children. Maple Hill Cemetery was filling up. So it looks like a lot of kids died in, in mills and also because of Spanish flu. So the sightings which they have are all like flashes of light, sounds of children's laughter, swings that swings by themselves. And this is where the... So this is where the children of Maple Hill Cemetery goes to play. In my opinion, it's a happy place in the daytime, a great spot with lots of shade to bring a picnic lunch and let the children run and play. But at night, it is still until the rusty squeak of the swing chains start up and you realise there's no one else there. Well, I mean, this so, it's obviously had some. There's been a fair amount of um, misery, and I mean, but yeah. do we know it was Spanish flu, or you know, was it was it this guy who was living in a cave and they just covered it up? I mean, maybe he was another one. Well, no, because that was Absolutely incredibly. Political. I mean, that, to be fair, that was thirty thirty years later. Well, I saw an episode of the X Files once, and the right. guy who just got a hibernate, <laughs> and then they oh, didn't come out. He was, he was, I believe, he was eating people's livers. Oh, nice. So, you know, that's that's, um, that's, that's the a, hunter's cut. That's a source that's at least as reliable as some of the ones we've used in the past on this. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not quite sure as well, because, I mean, with the, with the Spanish flu, I mean, that, that went all around the world, didn't it? And I suppose you should point out as well, um, it, had yeah. no, it had nothing to do with Spain, as I'm sure you're aware. 
No, they didn't, no. Uh, it just turns out that the Spanish were accurately reporting their casualty rates, unlike all the other countries because of the First World War. They thought it would be bad for morale. So we, do, we yeah. Britain and everywhere else just lied about the amount of people who were dying. And it, it seemed like Spain was... Uh, America had, like, by the far the highest amount of deaths per capita. Yeah, so it was, so it was named Spanish flu, but a complete misnomer. So, yeah, the Spanish flu was, was a massive thing. Uh, and obviously, well, in the UK, the UK, we have a lot of hauntings by people who died in the plague, didn't we? Um, which they wouldn't have had over there. So I guess the Spanish flu would have been probably like the plague to them. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it must have been sort of terrifying because obviously you all of the sort of, I mean, probably lost a lot of young men during the First World War as well, and, and you know, off the back of that. But yeah, I think the, the Spanish flu would have decimated people, you know, all over the world at all ages. I guess the story is that this place is haunted. It's haunted for potentially three reasons. A nutter who killed kids and left them there and lived in a mine. People dying in workhouses and kids dying of the Spanish flu. So um, what are you thinking, Neil? Uh, There doesn't seem to be... I mean, there's a few sort of blurry photos. I'll 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 tell you what I'm thinking in terms of the background there, Chris. I'm yes. thinking that a child who was driven mad via having to work in one of those factories when he was a child went to live mm-hmm. in a cave yeah. and then, um, you know, after selling himself to the devil, unleashed a pandemic across America, right. which he then covered up as the Spanish flu. Right. That's, that's a theory I'm currently playing around with. And then went into hibernation yeah. for 30 years and then came out for a bit more killing. Yeah. Um, and then the good people of Alabama killed him. <laughs> They tested on him and he turned him into a pig man. Right. Uh, you might have noticed well, I'm really trying to tie in the pig man to many things. To everything, yeah. yeah, to all of it. Is it because you're currently writing an erotic novel about the pig man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you're hoping them. to be syndicated? He's the, uh, the centre of all this. Um, so, I mean, this one's quite simple, isn't it, really? It's, it's a haunted... Haunted playground. It's an allegedly haunted playground. Um, so, is there any proof? Have you managed to find anything? There's a spooky photograph that I think you might have already alluded to. Um, yeah. And you can see two orbs, which just look like kind of, I don't know, um, you know, kind of light artifacts or some, some kind right. of, um, you know, I don't know whether it's on film or a digital camera, but uh, they're just sort of like, you know, blots on the. Um, on the image, if you like, and then there's those lights that you spoke about before, and they, they do just look like sort of, you know, electric lights from a distance. But as they say, there's a cliff behind it. So where where could they be coming from? Yeah, it's not I mean, the it's... world's most compelling evidence: a pair of lights. No, out. no, I'm looking at the same photo again. It seems to me that's the only one as well. And considering, according to this report in SpookEats.com. Paranormal investigators flock to the playground in the hopes of capturing evidence of a haunting. Then you would think there might be more than the one photograph. Well, let's not rule out the fact that swings seem to be swinging when there's no wind. Not terribly compelling, but you know, flying lights through the jungle gym and even ghostly apparitions of children. I think what's kind of um, annoying me about it (laughs) is that there. I mean. There's even less people saying, you know, like, whatever, 
Rose Marie from Huntsville tells this story of seeing ghosts. Yeah. I mean, we even had that. We even had a few bits of that shit with the black eyed children. Right. And no one's actually saying they've seen anything here. Do you know what I mean? So, no, um, well, again, you know, other than sort of swings going around and things like that, which again, you, you know, you could explain that it could be a French magician, it could be, you know, <laughs> from, from, from La Pascalita, you know, yeah, <laughs> anything, you know, like an everyday thing like that. So, yeah, just because there's no wind, I don't think that really proves anything. I, I'm just having a look at TripAdvisor to see whether or not anyone's, um, anyone's left any particularly spooky reviews. Do you know what? Like, I'm not angry with Dead Children's Playground, but I am disappointed because I thought there was going to be maybe, you know, people saying they'd sin stuff, like actual kind of accounts of spooky stuff. But it's all kind of, I don't know, like it's just completely unsubstantiated hearsay, which anyone could just write because no one's actually putting a name to seeing any of it. No, I, mean? I saw I saw a couple of messages from someone on some. It was a TripAdvisor like thing um, where they one or two people explained that they'd seen some things that would they'll never forget. They didn't explain what those things were. Yeah, whereas I've oh, and someone else explained that you shouldn't go playing around with them because they're not ghosts; they're demons. Whereas I've got a review of uh, Maple Hill Park here uh, on Google, and it says five nice stars. Park great place. All the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it says, great place to eat frozen custard and make memories. So, frozen custard? Um, I assume it's an American that, thing. It's a terrifying thing we've heard today. <laughs> frozen custard? Great footage in is that like an ice cream frozen? type thing? I suppose it's ice cream. It's just frozen custard, isn't it, in a way? Sort of, yeah, but with egg. So I guess, like, you know, you used well, to get mini milks. Hmm. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah, ice cream doesn't yeah. have egg in it, does it? Egg whites, yeah, yeah. maybe. No, no, you have egg yolks. Um, do you in, in a in ice yeah, cream? I thought you made custard based. On, oh, maybe I'm maybe making up. I've, with custard, you have yolks and stuff, but not with ice cream, I don't think. I don't know. But you know, you used to get mini milks or whatever. Like, mm. It would be like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be nice, actually. I might make some frozen custard. I'll let you know how. Yep, I've completely changed my mind now. This sounds good. pretty good, doesn't it? Um, so I don't think there's much more to be said for this one. Uh it's there's very little to go on. Um, I think that we should go through our scoring system. Um, I this week, and I feel kind of a bit, a bit like a waste of my money. I've got uh, I've got in a uh, lovely little spider monkey, who I am going to hand balls to with the number, like little lottery balls or um, bingo balls. And he's going to go and put them on a plinth that I've got over there, so that I can see them light up as we uh, as we go through. I see you've modelled this over the um, the ceremony from the Euro twenty twenty. How they pick out yeah, the things? Yeah, yeah, with the monkey. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of Platini's last initiatives before he left in disgrace. <laughs> Again, yeah. um, okay, Neil. So I'll let you go first with this one. Spooky nurse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the idea of a, a playground that's being haunted by pregnant pools there. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the, like I say, the, the kind of that, that that whole kind of like you know, obviously like the thing with um, you know the ch- haunted haunted children and all this sort of thing is is kind of speaking in and of itself. But it's not really, really all we're sort of saying is like you know, 
some lights in the dark, some orbs, and some swings going about. I think, yes, so I'm going to go for a or two mild spookiness, but Ooh. wouldn't phase me. I'm, as always, taking a slightly opposite approach to you. So I, what I'm thinking is all of the way that these children died was really like shit ways to go so i mean like children i can't I, children don't die of old age so there isn't like a good way for them to go i guess but um spanish flu mill accidents or um uncorroborated serial killers yeah, I mean, let's face it made up serial killer yeah made up but i could imagine that i mean if i if i went to like a playground in a cemetery at night and I did start seeing orbs and stuff, which, I, you know, obviously I don't think is plausible, but if you did see it, or I think just if you went there in general, because of all the trees and that, and it, having the big wall around it, it'd be quite spooky. Um, and I could imagine that it might, you know, the um, lizard bit of your brain, which gets kind of spooked up at night mm. because you haven't got good vision. And stuff. So if, like, a breeze made the swing start going... Then it might be quite spooky. Um, so I'm going to give it a six. Oh, that lovely cave down there. <laughs> yeah, I just get straight down, straight into the mine. Uh, so I'm going to give it a six spookiness. So believability. Well, uh, there, there's very little, very little evidence, like photographic or anything, but you kind of expect that. But then there's also very few people, named people, coming forward and saying anything. Right. So I think that's suspicious um it does feel like a proper urban legend where it's just like oh that part's haunted oh do you know anyone who's seen anything no but i've heard that it's got that kind of thing so i think that believability is low and um, the believability that loads of kids were mistreated and medicine was crap it's fine um i'm gonna give it a believability of four yeah, again, it's kind of like what what is it we're being asked to believe here? And it's there's because again, it is as you say, proper sort of urban legend where it's just kind of like a bit of folklore that oh, it's haunted, but they're very very non-specific about what's actually happening and, and lots of different um, explanations for for things that we don't actually. It feels it feels like we have got the start of a story here, but so I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to be believing. But um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll split the diff and give it a four. Four. Okay, now so reach. You go first. Yet again, I've never heard of this. No, no, um, I, It feels quite a local. I mean, again, it's one of those ones where it's, uh, you know, apparently it's been a, been this. I just think it feels like it feels like a bit of a local one to me, and it's probably just spread since the birth of the internet. So, I can imagine, you know, the whole genesis genesis of this thing is there's a children's playground in a cemetery. As you say, people like to hang around and tell spooky stories about it. It probably would be a bit creepy at night. Um, and you know, it's just it's just caused some local folklore, but I don't think it's going to got other than people just writing about it on kind of these kind of things. Not not much of a reach, so yeah, I'll give it a two. Two, okay, yeah. I mean, it's not only that people aren't that bothered about it; like people seem to really like going there as well. So it doesn't seem to yeah. even in the location. It's a. I think it's kind. Of, yeah, it's like a campfire story kind of thing, isn't it? Um, again, I hadn't heard of it. Um, I mean, it's got a fair bit of stuff on the internet. I mean, compared to like black eyed kids and stuff, there's a fair, fair few bits there. 
Um, but then I guess the thing is, it's a real playground and stuff as well. It's like a real geologic, um, geographical a real place. place. You can go and it it, w- it so. would be spooky after dark. But I just, but but nobody. There's there's very little you can see. People naming actual specific things like, oh, I saw a haunted little girl and she looked like she was home waiting for yeah. a birthday cake or whatever that would happen with the black-eyed children. You know, nobody's... Yeah. I, I haven't seen, anyway, any specific... No, I haven't been able to find anything. So I'm going to give evidence. it... I'm going to give it a three. And finally, narrative slash premise. So... That's me first, I think. Uh, I mean, it Haunted Playground, decent narrative. They have a reason... They have an origin story of... Um, why the why the kids are haunting it to an extent. Um, decent premise. They've added a serial killer in there as well at some point. Kind of chuck that in. Um, I mean, for an urban legend, it's a reasonable it's a reasonable kind of premise, I think. So I'm just going to give it a nice average kind of six, I think, for that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, to me, it feels like they tacked on the serial killer ending because they didn't know what to do with it. So, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, like a Jerry you know, Brockheimer the, um, movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was originally it was just a, like a lovely folklore tale about a lovely, not lovely, you know, haunted, haunted um, playgrounds um, visited by the spirits of um, children who died during the outbreak of influenza. And then it's like, oh, we got some notes on that. How can we make it a serial killer instead? And he lives in a cave. Yeah, um, it always just sounds a little bit, bit, bit below which to me, as I said before. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with a four on this one. Four, okay. Uh, not, not, not much. Not much. It's just where's it got to get? Yeah, adding a serial killer, Neil. I believe that's serial killer's cliche, right? That, that's quite rich soil, isn't it? As my uh, as my catchphrase would say. Um, okay, so overall, just tossing it up, looking at the monkey there. Oh, he's lovely. Uh, so that is... What's he flinging there? Huh? What's he flinging there? He's uh, flinging um, insults to me. Oh. Um, so that gives it an urban legend score of 31 out of a possible 80. So, you know, not great. It's all right. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that's one... I wouldn't say that's going to be one of our more classic urban legends um, that we've looked at. What do you I think? think? This is one of those ones where, if you're in the local area, yeah, or you know, some you can visit in the local area. It's a it's a nice bit of trivia. Trivia, um, <laughs> trivia, whatever however you want to put it. Um, it's you know, it's a little bit of local folklore. It's yeah. kind of, I'm sure it's it's you know, if you live there, it's kind of like a fun kind of story to tell people. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not really. Without being able to visit the place or anything like that, it's not really. Uh, there's not much to this. It don't seem. Well, but as we as we always say on this podcast, whether big or small, urban legends will look at them all. We always say that. And that's um, yeah. We always say that. It's not the first time you've said that at all. That's that's our but promise. It rhymes, therefore, it must be correct. Yeah, it's good. That's the rule, um, isn't it? I believe. Yeah, I hired in a, a an ad agency to do that. Uh, it costs an absolute fortune. Um, so I think with that, we will... Well, I'll just say that I think next week's episode, episode 10, let's go for a, let's go for a proper big one, proper big fun one. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe go local as well. Yeah, or let's do that. We'll go for something crazy. And uh, I would also like to add that um, 
when hiring an advertising company to come up with a line for your podcast, please don't have nightmares. Please see the bell. That's it from this week's Urban Legends.